inside the world, a small town in the world where waters attack. The heat of hell can be felt in your bathroom. It's cold right now. We barely have What? back to the Christian culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. And we are outside. It's nice and cold. Uh, yeah. Well, kind of cold. Cold for the south. It uh, is. I have, if you've listened to the last podcast episode, I've been cultured into the heat that is here in Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is kind of like usual fall weather for Georgia. And I love cold. But now just some cold is getting to be too cold. And for all of our listeners up north, it's in the mid-40s right now, so you guys would be loving this. I mean, and you're pretty used to it. Yeah. I mean, I just have a light sweater on, so it's all good. But how's your week been going? It's been okay. It's, it's It started off great. And with, like, waking up, going to adoration, doing that, and then the next day was, like, total just crap. Didn't get, like, much done. Everything I tried to do... Just nothing was letting me do it. Like, I tried to go to the office, and then no one was there. And then I tried to sneak into our office through the window and almost got, like, <laughs> You caught. tried sneaking through the window of a Yeah, because sometimes Chris comes through the window because we don't like to, like, mess with the front desk just because there's... <laughs> and so... That is awesome. He comes in the window if someone else is there. And so I was like, maybe we left it unlocked. So I was going around, and then I, re- like, I was, it, like, in this dead-end part of, like, the Catholic school. And as I was going into this, like, corner... These teachers are coming out of this door, and I looked like a creep. And yeah. so I just bolted, got in my car, and drove away. What? I was just like, hopefully they didn't go on lockdown after I left or anything. How did you not tell me this already? It happened two days ago. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and then I tried to, like, cut the grass because it's finally not raining, and our grass is ridiculous. Yeah. And I spent an hour just trying to start the lawnmower. Nice. And then gave up. So I wasted, like three hours just trying to do something and getting that thing done and by that point I was I was shot with like motivation and just didn't want to do anything for the rest of the day wow but today's Ash Wednesday and it has been a lovely day I've enjoyed it so much good yeah so your your Lent started early with the suffering and (laughs) awkward situations yes humility checks yeah yeah it's good how are you doing I'm actually doing really good Work has actually kind of slowed down a little bit, so I've gotten to relax and enjoy life and, yeah, just be outside more, like today. It was sunny before, so I was yeah, super excited felt, to be. For being cold, it's felt lovely. Yeah. No, it's been good. Yeah, trying to get to mass more and stuff like that, so that's all been good. Yeah, I don't know. Just life's good. Enjoying things as they are, I guess. Yeah. No, I understand that. Like, mine's not been, like, superb, but... I can feel it's like where you're on this brink of like if the I brink of greatness. if I can just keep momentum and like actually stay on top of my own will of like having to push through that subtleness of like I don't want to have to get up out of bed or do this and just stay on top of like these good virtuous things then I can see like just having really good weeks and like it yeah. becoming easier. But 
I think a lot of it's just been, I've been making more time for prayer lately, mm. the past couple of days, and the previous weeks I hadn't been as much, and yeah. so I can I can just see how even just taking ten to thirty minutes more every day has already affected the yeah. past couple of days. So, ooh, no, that's all been good. What about uh, media? Media. I have finished Umbrella Academy. Nice. It's so good. I, I love it. I want to read the comic so bad. Um, it's a comic, too? It is. It's, it started as a comic. Oh. Kind of like uh, okay. Happy, which I mentioned during December. It's a comic that came out on Netflix, too. I want to read both those. They're so good. Cody Labe, shout out. Oh, it's so, his birthday today. Happy you know that? birthday. Happy yeah, birthday. Shout out, Cody. I did know that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a good friend. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just saw him a few minutes ago, actually. I feel like his birthday's been celebrated for so long and for so much. I don't know what day it falls on anymore. Yeah, seriously, yeah. So he, we had his surprise party a week ago, and then today is his actual birthday. Tomorrow, we're all going out to dinner to celebrate, and then Saturday, he's having another party. Right, and I'm sure there's smaller celebrations no with, like, family and girlfriends and stuff like that in oh, between. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But no, no, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, he celebrated up. It. His life is awesome. He's yeah. an awesome person. But, anyways, Cody, he took me and Lizzie and a few others to see Alita: Battle Angel. Oh, yeah. Which was really good. Also, a comic book. Really? Yeah. Which makes more sense when you see it because it was not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be different, or I don't say thought it was going to be better, but it is definitely a love story. Ah, he's he's been talking really good things about it. So. Yeah. We, what we said when we were leaving, it's like, is it's uh, it, it's it's a love story or a, a romance for guys. Because it's packed with action. Okay, yeah. That <laughs> that makes a lot of sense then. It's like, Cody watching a love story. What's going on there? And then I've been watching Sword Art Online 2. Kind of catching up on that. Me too. Yeah, where are you? Uh, it's gotten crazy. I'm on like episode 17 or like late teens. Okay, I they just left the game, which the, game? the gun gun oh, game. Oh, okay, okay. Like yes, I'm past you. And it got creepy. Yeah, no, no, no. I was like, it was dark. Whoa. Yeah, season two, like season two, you dive a lot more into the real lives and emotional lives and just yeah, like story we could have another podcast on this and it'd be a totally different podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, just wait. The next couple episodes are going to be like a, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Because it gets insane. Um, but yeah. No, that's good. I, I've been watching a little bit of that, too. I've, I've been kind of just trying to take some time to watch random shows a little bit. I'm trying not to binge too much. But I just need a brain relax mm-hmm. some nights because I've just been overloading at work and stuff. So I've been watching a few episodes of that here and there, and then Star Wars, Clone Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. The, the animated the part, series. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nice. So I've been trying to, well, ever since finishing the Star Wars and Catholicism book by Anthony Digman, find the link to that on our website, www.thechristinculture.com. <laughs> uh, ever since finishing that book, I've, I've wanted to get more into the canon of Star Wars, other than just the movies. And so... The show is actually included in the canon. Yes. So it's I'm, really good. Yeah. So I've been yeah. trying to catch up on that. I'm still in the first season, kind of just a few episodes here and yeah. there, stuff like that. Yeah. And then actually today has been kind of crazy. So 
Uh, one of our new listeners, her name is Catherine. Uh, she's from French Canada. Did she follow us? Maybe. I don't, I don't think know. so. Okay. We've had some new followers. Yeah, we have. So I was not sure. Maybe she has. I don't know. But anyways, she she told me to check out some some French songs. No. So I was like, oh, okay. I'll go listen to them. So I've been listening to them. I'm blanking right now. But one of them that I was listening to, he sings in French, but he's actually from Belgium. Oh, there it is. Strome. I think oh, I love Strome. No way. Yeah. Do you actually know what I'm talking he's about? He's the DJ that sings in French. Well, not DJ. It's like pop, but yeah. Yeah. It's like techno. Yeah. I used to listen to him all the time. No way. I haven't because he hasn't come out with any new albums in a while. Unless he, he has. Uh, I don't think so. So he has two albums. Yeah. Yeah. So it's his face. Yeah. Profile. Yep. Oh, that's one. And the other one's like his full. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. So it's I'm really, I don't him. know anything he says. I've never looked up the words. But his beats and like the way he sings is really great. Yeah, he, he's like, yeah, he's cool. But well, this one is kind of the main one I've been listening to. But I've basically listened to him all day. So it's Alors en don. Mm-hmm. My French is really bad. Je ne sais pas français. Mm. Uh, but this oui. it's just, uh, and we dance is this one. So it's just, it's fun. It's fun, upbeat. So I've listened to that. And then because of that, because he's from Belgium, I was thinking about that, and my ancestors are from Belgium, so it kind of inspired me to start doing some digging, and I contacted my dad today and started doing some ancestral research and stuff. So because of that, I also pulled out my grandpa on the other side's memoirs, and so I've been doing a bunch of digging and ancestry research and family trees and stuff. You should ask her, and you should check this out. There's a really good movie would actually probably make a really good po- podcast called Paris, I Love You. But I think it's in French, so it, I forgot how to say I love you in French. But Paris something. Uh, de Amour, maybe? S- amour, yes, something Amour. And it's all in French, so it's subtitled. But it's a bunch of s- shorts, about like five or ten, five or six small stories of different variations of love. Hmm. And they've adapted it to an American version called New York, I Love You. But I've never okay. seen it. And I don't it's feel like it would be the same. Yeah. But I remember watching it. And it's really good. It's just like relationships between like couples, broken relationships, parents to children, and sure. like different tough situations and how people love through those. Yeah. It's so really good. Shout out to Catherine. And hopefully you're listening to yeah. this and you can check out that movie. Maybe I'll check it out too. I don't really speak much French. You uh, can read really any. But... Yeah, hopefully you can figure out subtitles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. We are talking about something completely different today. Yes, we are. I haven't seen in a long time, so you're going to have to help me out a little bit. That's okay. So I watched this today. I used to watch it once a year, or I kind of still do. This is coming out a week before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. It is Ash Wednesday. We just started Lent, and one of, one of the many feast days and saints that is during this period that always falls within... Lent usually is St. Patrick. He's also my confirmation saint. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I love St. Patrick's Day. I love St. Patrick. And so this movie I wanted to break open because I watched it. I usually watch it every year around this time. It's Boondock Saints. Mm. And it's just because they're Irish and the movie takes place during St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. But other than that, it has nothing to do with St. Patrick yeah. or St. Patrick's Day. No, it's Day. just craziness. Yeah. And... This movie, for anyone that's like, oh, I've never seen it. I want to go see it. Uh, it's very much an adult movie. Uh, it, it tanked 
when it came out. I actually don't even think it made it into theaters because it was seriously wasn't even like su- supposed to. It's like, like a do cult well. classic though. Immediately after it came out on DVD, it became a cult classic. Wow, um, I didn't know that. So it's kind of cheesy. If you know Tarantino or other films that I've talked about, it's very much in that ballpark of just like over the top kind of blatant uh, profanity and stuff yeah, like that. Time. But it's really hilarious and like the over the topness isn't a serious take of what anyone feels in the movie. It's just like they're trying to drive a theme and a point home. Mm-hmm. So this movie takes place in Boston and it takes place in on St. Patrick's Day in Boston. Mm-hmm. And you have two characters. The main characters are Connor and Murphy McMullins. Let me pull my notes out. They're brothers, right? Yes, they're brothers. Yeah. Connor and Murphy McManus. McManus, okay. Yes, and they're brothers. I think they're supposed to be twin brothers. Technically, really? yeah. They don't look like it, but no. okay, we'll go for it. One is Dale from Walking Dead. I forget the other guy's name. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. See, it's been a while since I've watched this. Yeah, I, I didn't piece that together at all, but I can totally see it now. And this movie has a ton of like religion themes and symbolism, but in, in essence, for what our podcast does, it is nothing that we can really take home and run with. So I actually do have some notes this time uh, to kind of keep me on pace, but there's a lot to talk about, and it, it it's just a really interesting... Yeah, and just to add to that, because the characters are Catholic. They are. But based off of the things that they do, you can tell that it's definitely not... Directed by... Yeah. Or maybe it is, but it's really not. Like it's it's they're using Christian culture or Catholic culture, right? And Catholic themes to write this movie and this story that is kind really of the opposite of what of we're not trying to do. of right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm reversing that. Yeah, trying to trying to pull fantastic out. challenge so, accepted. Other than those two brothers, the really the other main characters. I'll just name them now. Is Rocco, which is one of their best friends. He's also coined the funny guy. You have Agent Smecker, which is, shoot, who played the Green Goblin the first time? Defoe? Yeah, Willem Defoe yeah. is Agent, Agent Smecker. He's a federal agent. agent. <laughs> uh, you have Il Deuce, which is a vague character that doesn't come around until the end. And then you have two main players, the Russian mob and the Italian mob, which are like at, at heels at each other in Boston. So I looked up what these names mean, just to see... If there's anything in any of them, Connor is Gaelic, or mm-hmm. comes from Gaelic origins. It's yeah. not Gaelic, but um, and the origins for Connor is actually wisdom, counsel, and strength. Okay, so you got some like some virtues there. Murphy, and in, in Gaelic origins means sea warrior, but also if you just Google Murphy meaning. The first thing that comes up, you know how like Google gives you like that box with like a definition. Yeah, it's usually Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's potato. What? <laughs> Murphy is like an Irish white potato, and then McManus literally means son of Manus, but in Latin roots means great. So we have like strength, great, just like these words of virtue, and then yeah. warrior as well. Yeah, interesting. Rocco, their friend, his name is Italian and it's he's in the Italian mob but has more of a Germanic background 
Right. And that it means rest or to roar. And they really don't know its origins completely. It's a very abstract word. And I just thought that was interesting because his character throughout the movie, as we'll see, is very much at unrest mm. um, and very yeah. like crazy and not that way. And the rest really don't have too many meanings. Ilduce, which is like this vague figure that comes out to try to attack our main characters, is a term that was given to the Italian fascist Mussolini. It, it means oh. the leader. Okay. So I think they just pulled that right from that title. Sure, that would make sense. And so we have the opening scene of this movie where there is, you hear the Our Father being prayed and it's going into the church. Like mm-hmm. It's like a whole mass scene. And you hear the words of like some narrator. You don't know who it is. And it says, when I raise my flashing sword and my hand takes hold on judgment, I will take vengeance upon my en- enemies and I will repay those who haze me. O Lord, raise me to thy right hand and count me among thy saints. And it's just like, you hear this prayer, and then you see our two, these two main characters who are praying in the pew, and they walk up to the altar where one of the priests almost like gets up to stop them, but all the other bishops and priests like pull them down and are like, no, this is normal, it's cool. And they go up behind the altar while the priest is giving his homily to like kneel at the tabernacle and pray, and then they leave. And you overhear the homily is the priest is like talking about this reposed soul of this girl who died, and the way she died was apparently this public massacre that everyone just stood by and watched and no one did nothing. Mm-hmm. And he says this line, we must fear evil men, but there is another kind of evil which we must fear most, and that is the indifference of good men. And he was saying like, no one did anything. Yeah. Someone's got to do something. And as soon as they leave the church, they look at each other and it's like, Monsignor like, had it right in his homily today. And they're like, yeah. And then, like, they punch each other and walk on and just hear, like, Irish music play and, like, it rolls title screen. So we get this, like, foundation of what this movie's kind of going to be about, that there's evil going on in the world right now. You don't learn it right away, but it's because of mobs and crimes of, the, of those two, uh, the, the Italians and the, the Russians. Russians. And the priest was saying, like, no one's doing anything and they're getting away with it. And so it's like, living this president, something needs to be done. And we, as Christians, as Catholics, know proper and improper ways to do something about that. Right. Well, I mean, even in that prayer, you kind of get the sense of that because they're talking about vengeance, vengeance through their spirituality, which, yeah. Yeah. You can go on a tangent about that, too. And I'll just run through real quick the plot. That way I can walk back through the plot and we can open it up without worrying that we never got through the story. Okay. The plot is essentially the Russian mobs come after them on accident and they ended up killing two guys of the Russian mob in self-defense. Okay. And then after that, feel this compelling call by God to go out smiting evil with the rest of the Italian mob and that's the rest of the movie. And essentially, (laughs) it ends with like ethical controversy within the world of Boston. Like, are these saints, which is what they're coined, good or are they bad? And there's uh, there's sequels to this, right? There's one sequel, Boondock Saints 2, All Saints Day. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And is it pretty similar? I haven't seen that one at all. It is. It's the same same premise, but okay. I think it's in the fall. Like what Makes sense. Yeah, sure. And so after that, there's this montage 
scene of like this music playing, you see their life and you see Murphy and Connor and you kind of understand really quickly their dynamic. They are brothers and they are extremely loyal to each other. Like they would die for each other. Mm -hmm. At the same time, they are like the most joyful two guys you'd ever meet. They work at this meat market and everyone that they they ever encounter like loves them, thinks they're like the light of the, and they just light up everything. And and it's like bringing like, okay, these characters are awesome. And then it, the montage ends with at this pub where you meet Rocco, their friend, who you find out is like the lowest level in the Italian mob. He's just kind of like the bus boy. Like a plebe, yeah. Yeah. And they're just drinking because it's St. Patrick's Day and they're having a good time. And the Russian mob comes in because they're closing down businesses. They've kind of taken over town. And he's like, they're like, you need to close now. And everyone that's there is like, regulars they go there all the time and they're like just chill out it's cool like you don't need to do this and like the Russian mom's like not having it and one of my favorite lines in the movie is said when Murphy says it's St. Patty's Day everyone's Irish tonight just have a drink with us (laughs) and it's just like this he's like it's St. Patrick's Day even if you're not Irish like you are Irish because it's it's a feast day essentially he like hits that without saying it like it's a feast day relax like celebrate celebrate and then the Russian mob's not having it and it flashes forward and it flashes forward to this crime scene where there's these two bodies in the street you meet Willem Dafoe who is an agent for uh, he's a federal agent who comes in because they would find out that there was mobs from the mafia that were killed and so it can't just be a civil matter like a city matter it's now the federal agents have to come in and he takes over and you find out through his wit that he is extremely talented at what he does i don't know if you're, anybody's seen dexter but he can like pretty much look yep. at the crime scene and tell you what happened sure but because of that he suffers from like pride and like weakness like he he thinks he's that good through his wisdom you it flashes back to the night before where there was a bar fight and they totally beat up the, the russians yeah and so in their sleep the russians busted in and we're literally going to kill Murphy and Connor. And in self-defense, Connor ended up killing both the guys with the toilet uh, in order to save his brother's life. Okay, I remember that part. And the, the police are like trying to figure it out and they know that the police are looking for him. So they go to the police station to be like, yes, it was us, we're not hiding, we did it in self-defense. And Willem Dafoe meets them, it's like totally cool, understood this story adds up you're you're all in the clear and they become friends with the police station they be and the one thing they say before they turn themselves in is agent smecker says comes into the police station and is like mad at she's like i don't know who said it but some someone leaked this to the press in here congratulations like we didn't want that and now the media is making these two guys look turned out to be look like superheroes or angels mm-hmm. because they've killed some people in the mob and they've done something so good and so you get this idea of or this theme of like what how the media can twist things and control and culturate like what other people think right because because the headline from the media is like they're good guys but they kill so people. everyone else thinks they're good right and they decide to stay in well i i think it seems like they also the people had to have had a little bit of thought like that on their own because right. you already had the even the priest was saying Something someone needs to, to do something yeah 
And so everyone knew something needed to be it's, done. They it's just... been boiled up to this like peak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anything happens, even in self-defense, they're like, oh, good for you. Yeah. And then like, they deserved it. Yeah. And then so when the media takes that and, and blows it up, then it becomes, okay, now it's safe to, right. to talk about this. Totally. Which we see. So then they stay in the jail because the media is all out there and they're all after him and they're like, can we just like stay here? Right. And they're like, cool. And as they're sleeping, you get another one of the, this narrator's voice. And he says this time, whosoever sheds man's blood by man shall his blood be shed for in the image of God may deem man. Hmm. So you hear this voice saying like, whoever kills people by man whoever kills people is going to be killed by man yeah in the image of god he will pick that man essentially is kind of like what i think this verse that doesn't really mean that is what they're translating into this movie which you get a lot a lot of like scripture passages that are out of context well this reminds me a lot of like last week's episode with gomer you know the the second type Hold on, let me make sure. I get, yeah, the second type. So that's the Christ of culture, mm-hmm. where the people within the culture are using Christian things to kind of promote their worldly beliefs. Yeah. And so that's kind of the vibe I'm getting, where they're using scripture and whatever else in this movie to kind of get across something entirely different. And I did. I digged. I had to do a little digging on this scene because this scene, I think, is where the crux of most the imagery throughout the rest of the movie comes from. Because in this scene, as you hear that voice, there's like a crack in the ceiling, and it's dripping water on them, and they wake up like, like almost like spirit filled, like, and just like wake up together simultaneously out of their sleep, and they look at each other, and they say, one says, "Destroy all that which is evil," and the other says back, "So that which is good may flourish." And that's when you get this sense, like, they feel this call. Mm. But in the search, in the searching I was looking at, the crack in the ceiling is, like, a line with, like, two small lines coming off the side, almost like the middle of a peace sign. Okay. Which apparently is Nero's cross. Oh. And so they're okay. referring to the apostles Peter and Paul. Yeah. Who were crucified, or, cru- yeah, uh, martyred upside down or one both Peter well, Peter was Peter was uh, but it was the cross that Nero, Nero used to just like you can speak in the Nero more I, I wanted to bring this up because of I know you like nerdy circus. Catholic things yeah you want me to talk about Nero Circus no just Nero and what he did yeah I mean so we've talked about Nero a little bit on here in one of our very first episodes I think it was the Apocalypse one but Nero was one of the emperors of, of Rome, late first century, early second century, somewhere in there. But he was awful to Christians. He was like one of the worst persecutors of Christianity in the first couple centuries. At one point, he actually started Rome on fire. And a big chunk of the city was burned. And he blamed it on the Christians that he could get more <laughs> fuel for the flame uh, for his arguments to, to kind of persecute them. So he was one of the biggest persecutors of of early christianity really really bad we talked about in the apocalypse episode how many people believe that nero is actually 
what was being referenced in Revelation mm. with the number 666 being the, the number of, of Satan. Yeah. Uh, if you take Nero's full name, and since the Romans used letters as numbers, the, the same kind of characters, so if you read his name as a number, then it's actually the 666. So yeah. And so I, I think that this small scene is just setting up like that same theme of evil and good, darkness and light, Nero being the Italian mob, the Russian mob, and then the good and the persecuted and the called apostles being Connor and Murphy. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. And so going off of that, so if the water that awakened them mm-hmm. came from the symbol of Nero, then we have like Nero is what is what is feeding them. That's where the message is coming from that's telling them to go out and to, to, could, be, to could be vengeful. Be. Yeah, you can you can definitely say like maybe I'm it's maybe a, I'm stretching no, it's, too a, far. it's a good like I said I, I this was from a random source that someone else kind of like doing what we do was pulling from Christian themes and nice. so it could be inaccurate so that's a good way to look at it, it was like you know they these this is the setup but really the message isn't from like God or Christ but it's from this other thing like allowing them to, like twisting their view of like you're doing good Sure, and we do that. Yeah, I mean, we as Christians do that all the time. We we try and justify things that we want by saying it's of God. I know a lot of the times, even in like relationships, people will be like, "God said that you're going to be my spouse." Mm-hmm. Like, no, He didn't. You said that, right? And you're just trying to use the Holy Spirit right. and God to kind of justify your thoughts. And we'll, we'll do the same thing with morality or whatever we want to do. A lot of times, as Christians, we'll, we'll kind of make that mistake i think to try and justify our, our own wants and our own desires totally and so they begin their mission they immediately stack up on weapons and they go after where did they get the weapons i don't even remember they have a friend he's definitely an irish dude because like the weaponry is like a flag and they okay. just go in there and they give them the two guns from the crime scene that they were the self-defense they sure. stole them so they got two guns and they give them all the money that they stole from the guys so pretty much they give them all the guys jewelry and everything and it's probably worth a bunch. And he's like, turns on the light, he's like, have at it, and give them two bags. And they go into this room that has like anything and yeah, everything. I and they just start throwing okay. stuff in bags. Connor really wants a rope because in movies he's seen them use rope, like people that are like doing stuff. And the other, Murphy's like, why do we, why do you want rope? And like, it's a funny scene where, yeah. But they're so amateur about the whole thing, too. They, they like, have no idea what they're doing. And they're basing everything they're doing off of movies. Movies, yeah. yes. This is like if you and I went out and just wanted to go on a yes, rampage. They yeah. have no idea what they're doing. Which we're not. Just and to clarify. So the first, they go after their first one, where they're going through the vent system, because it's what you do in the movies. Yeah. And they end up, like, fighting each other in the vents and falling through the ceiling. Luckily, because they had rope, because one of them thought they needed it, that catches them. And they're hanging upside down. But their arms out like this, shooting everybody. So once again, they're hanging upside down in crucifix form, and they kill nine people in a room. All of the crime bosses and underbosses of the Russian mob um, at once. And they say this prayer as soon as they always kill their last victim or their main target. And it is, In shepherds we shall be for thee, my lord for thee. Power hath descended forth from thy hand, our feet may swiftly carry out thy commands. So we shall flow a river forth to thee, and teeming with souls shall it ever be. In nomine patri et fili spiritus sancti. 
which is Latin for in the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So they're saying like we've done, we're doing this because only you've empowered it, God. You've given us this power, and we're doing it through you, in your name. And we're sending these souls to which, within their action, is terrible. But I think their devotion to understanding they weren't able to do any of that without God or through God is something I think gets lost, like from us in actual virtuous things, mm. like in our own ministries or missions or daily lives. Like we don't say a prayer like that. Not to justify that they're murdering no. people, but recognizing that even amongst like doing such an awful thing, they're recognizing that they're ability to do so still comes from him which it That's isn't because yeah. their their ability to do what they're doing but yeah. if you hopefully you guys understand what we're saying like it, it's twisted it, the whole movie this whole movie is yeah so they're taking something that's good yes like recognizing god's uh, working god working through you right and they're twisting it to like to, i said to before do justify anything. what they're yeah. doing yes. yeah so taking something good twisting it to something very, very evil. And then Smecker comes always. It's always like a flash forward before you see what happens. He comes, looks at the crime scene, and that's when you see what actually happens, which right. I already explained. But while he's investigating, he's talking about how they put pity on everybody's eyes. And and they do that for the religious point of view of where, uh, I forgot the god who like is the ferryman across Ooh. the sea, you know? The Roman god? Yeah. And they were putting, they put pennies or coins on everybody's eyes because that's the thing that Greeks and Romans do. Uh, people mm. were buried because you have to pay your fare yeah, before right. you cross the river into your judgment. Um, so they did that. And as he's talking about this, they, for being Christians, they're pretty obsessed with like Roman stuff too. Yeah. Well, whatever. Or just religion, really. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. as he's explaining, as it flashes back to them actually doing it. And you hear once again that same narrator, and it says, And I shall count these among my favored sheep, and you shall have the protection of the angels in heaven. Mm. Once again, just kind of out of context, but it, it's always... Is, is it one of their voices? No. No? I know whose voice it is, but we've gotten to oh, Dang it, okay. Clearly I don't remember the movie that well. Then Rocco joins in. Rocco is in the Italian mob, and he was sent to kill those eight guys with six bullets and so really found out that like they were trying to like get rid of him and so he joins them in their mission mm-hmm. and he at before he joins they're sitting on the table and he, he's like so you guys pick and choose who dies and they're like well i mean the bad guys and he's like doesn't that seem like messed up isn't that kind of psycho and you finally get to, like <laughs> someone who's like someone who's saying yay and they explain like these guys get locked behind bars and within the same day are let out. Like these things are happening and like it's just not working. Our system's broken. Mm-hmm. So we're taking it in our own hands. And you kind of get a small sense of like what they're doing. So they go off to the second mission, which is in, uh, they go to a, an adult entertainment place, mm-hmm. for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. And on the door entering into that place, it says, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Okay. Uh, which I thought was really interesting, because obviously that's from Dante's Inferno yeah. leading into hell. And so it's already like, in the movie, they're alluding to the people behind this door are evil and worthy of damnation, in a small sense. Sure. And they kill another mafia member. And as soon as they kill another mafia member, 
they see two other people there and they're just regular people and they're and and they end up killing them deciding like anyone that does evil is like worthy of this and they're like we're not just doing mafia now just like bad guys genuine people that are bad and it's just like this change and Rocco's with him at this point Rocco's with him at this point because he knows everyone in the Italian mob so he's become the information guy of where they live what they're doing where they go so even though he's the voice of reason he's down with all of this oh once they explained why they're doing it he's like this is awesome okay yeah so he was down especially once he realized like the Italian mob tried to off him tried to off him okay and as soon as this happens the main guy Papa Joe who's the head of the Italian mob hires El Duce which is this guy locked in prison who they sometimes call upon to out some of their own and Papa Joe only thinks that Rocco is behind all of this that he tried to out him and he's just going on a killing spree now and is really good at it. Oh, wow. He has no idea. That'd be ironic. Um, and this guy almost kills, like, all three of them. It almost gets them caught. And Agent Smecker, because of this guy after them, finally gets clues to who's behind all this. Because he has no idea. He's still confused. And as he then he figures it out and, like, totally overlooked that it could have been these same guys he's already met because he thought they were good and he thought this was more, like, a rivalry between mafia and mobs. And as soon as he figures it out, he starts to realize why they're doing it. And then he's torn. Yeah. Because he's like, he's, he, I put people behind bars and then they get let out and I'm a cop. Right. But I kind of agree with what they're doing. Yeah. And he ends yeah, up yeah. going to confession to like talk about it. But it's, they hijack yeah. the confession and it's just a totally thing. Yeah. But definitely a Hollywood portrayal of of the sacrament. Right. And then in this, I'm going to skip, but what I'm skipping, you find out that Il Deuce is Connor and Murphy's dad who also does what they do. And he's the one that's been narrating the entire time. Oh. Yes. Okay. I remember that now. Yes. So he's their dad for lack of better words, never really confirmed that, but essentially they're saying the prayer before they're offing one guy and he finishes it with them. Yeah. And then like, yeah touches their cheeks and they're like yeah. holy crap um, so the last scene is three months later after they realize that Papa Joe or Papa Joey whatever it is is finally on his trial mm-hmm. for what he's done and he's probably gonna walk and there's all three of them just bust in to the trial Light no masks or anything and they have this long speech they say now you will receive us we do not want your poor or hungry We do not ask for your tired and sick. It is your corrupt we claim. It is your evil that that is sought by us. With every breath we shall hunt them down. Each day we will spill their blood till it rains down from the skies. Do not kill. Do not rape. Do not steal. These are principles which every man of every faith can embrace. These are not polite suggestions. These are codes of behavior. And those of you who that ignore them will pay the dearest cost. There are varying degrees of evil. We urge you, lesser forms of filth, not to push the bounds and cross over into true corruption into our domain. For if you do, one day you will look behind you and you will see us three. And on that day you will reap it and we will send you to whatever God you wish. Which is really ironic that in those words they're like, don't kill. Because if you do, we'll we'll kill kill you. you. Yeah. 
but essentially that's what they're saying and they're wanting people to see their faces and spread the word they're making these this group of people in this trial like they're witnesses and they put up the gun and finally you see these tattoos that they've always been on their hands but you've never been able to like read them and one says one says veritas and one says aquitas which veritas is truth right i think it's judgment truth and justice something like that yeah it's it's like a code of justice like i picture the scale that okay. you see for like okay. in trials and in like on like law buildings but it's kind of like if anyone latin, speaks latin like better truth. than us i actually out. meant to write it down but i ended up just writing down the latin words i'm pretty sure veritas is truth then it's the other truth one and justice okay, or truth, truth and judgment justice. yeah and there's and it's on each of their hands one's on one and one's on the other so gotcha. they are truth and justice mm. um and finally they're sitting in this hotel room afterwards with their dad and he looks at his, their dad and he's like, how far are we go? Or how far are we going to take this? And then he's like, the question is not how far, but do you possess the constitution, the depths of faith to go as far as needed? And then the last is just a bunch of like news interviews, people that are like, yeah, the saints are awesome. I love what they're doing. And people are like, no comment, no comment. Or just like, that's messed up. Who, who are they to choose who to die? And you're like, they're, they're playing God. That's one of the comments. Like, they can't, you can't do that. And that's just where the movie ends. With the idea that they are saints, or that's what they're, they're called, and they're out, and it's a whole ethical controversy. Hmm. And so I have a few questions. Yeah, let's go. What is true justice? What is true justice? Yeah, like God's justice. Yeah. Versus uh, the justice that they're, they're seeking here. Good question. I think that's something that I'm still trying to wrestle with because there's the God has perfect justice and perfect mercy. And I think a lot of the times we think that the God of the Old Testament is the God of justice and the God of the New Testament is mercy and that they're separate in this dualist kind of idea. But in reality, perfect justice is perfect mercy, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So in your justice... this is kind of how I understand justice, but justice is giving as someone ought deserve. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, mercy is, well, Mr. Cordier, where the heart meets suffering. Okay. Right. So that's the the Latin for, for mercy is Mr. Cordier literally means where the heart meets suffering. So with that being said, Mercy should be like where love and compassion meets those who are suffering and those who are suffering are also probably those in some situations, those suffering judgment or justice. And so we have kind of this cross there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think justice in a lesser theological definition, like if I was to define it in my own words, could be said to be, God giving us, or, you know, God, yeah, God kind of giving us our true desire. Giving us what we truly desire? Well, not what we truly desire, like, what, what, what we're, our creative desire, but, like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, when we choose sin, we're choosing to actively choose against Christ, and okay. if we choose that, like, mortally, yeah. and, like, have no recompense, that's when really... Like you, you kind of go down that path and can be on the wide rather than the, the straight and narrow. Sure. You know what I mean? And so like 
through God's just being just, he's like not and like the just being like we have free will. That's what I mean. Like allowing us to choose that. Oh, okay. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So he's like like if you want that, like I like I my mercy, I, I, I forgive you and my heart hurts because you want that or you're choosing this route. Not that you want that, but you choose this. Sure. But because I'm just at the same time, I'm not gonna like control you like a puppet. Yeah, I, th- I think that could be part of it. I guess I've never really thought about it like that before. I don't know, it just came to me as you were explaining it. I was like, hmm, is, is he just giving us, like, he's just allowing us to do... And that's sort of what sets a, a, a essence of his justice? Well, I, I think... Hmm, I, I think justice has to come from without, though. Without what? From without, like, outside of us, right? So you can't give justice to yourself you can't give mercy to yourself and so i'm not saying uh, we're, we're giving us that it's like through god's through justice god. so him allowing us like like free will comes from his justness i think maybe to it to its root it, it can be because going back to kind of my definition if justice is giving like of that which someone deserves if god created us for free will, then technically speaking, that which we deserve is the ability to okay. utilize that free will. Yeah, I don't like I said. I don't think that's fully justice. This is like I said, my non-theological one way to. Yeah, no, this is good. Let's toss stuff around. It. Yeah, um, that was actually my first thought going through this. Is this is what happens when we have justice without mercy? That's essentially ooh, how yeah. how this yeah this story progresses because. Justice without mercy leads to killing sprees. Yeah. You can write that in your so, your scrapbook. I got another <laughs> hard question. Okay. Ethics and authority. When is it okay to break such law or rules in the name of God? Mm. Okay. Because we can't say that it's never okay. Because sometimes something's going to go against what God would actually want. Yeah. So this is another one of those where you're making me be an apologist. Oh, um, I always do it. No, this is good, though. So from what I've always been told, and this is kind of what, what I've learned, you guys can correct us if we're wrong here, we are to obey the laws of the nation that we are subject to right? unless they are unjust. Mm. But I'm, glad what, deci- I'm glad we define justice. Yeah, but what determines like what is, what is unjust? Right, so that's kind of the big question. I would say, I guess the big one right now is abortion, right? Right. So, so that is legal, but we would say that is unjust. Why? Correct. Yeah. Because it it takes a given right from a human, which is the right to life, right? So that would make it unjust. So I I think any so, anything that takes away a a God given right, not a law given right. I think this. State I think a good good example because I think abortion is a great example, probably one of the best right now. But right. It's also not illegal to choose life. Does that make sense? Like you're not breaking the law if you choose not to have an abortion. Right. So, okay. I think another example would be the churches in China. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's unjust to not allow 
freedom of religion. Well, yeah, and that goes back to giving to someone that which they, they ought to have, right? Which, if we are made for God, we ought to have the ability to pursue a relationship with that God. And in another view, like China's not allowing their people free will. Mm-hmm. They're restricting their freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would say that all comes back to recognizing what is just and does this law take away that which is just. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what it comes down to. But the hard part is people disagree on what is just because I think a lot of the times we start to make up our own mind and our own morality, which also comes back to this story. Yeah. Because in their eyes, the law would be unjust to these people because the law is allowing them to go free. Yeah, and just so, keep doing evil. Yeah, and so I would, I would argue that in the minds of these two brothers, they were overruling an unjust law. And so I think even when we overrule an unjust law for moral or, or ethical purposes, we can't respond with something else that's unjust, right? like murder. Which actually leads into my next question because I think you know, half of Boston agreed with what they were doing. Yeah. And so I think it's something real for us too as far as like evil being in the world with, you can you know, say with what's going on in the church to similar cases with what they've dealt with. Just people that just go behind bars and are let out and just like do things. Mm. How do we respond to that? What's the proper response rather than teaming up in prayer and guns ablazing? How do we respond to the, the sex scandal in the church? Or uh, without killing? Killing mobsters. How do we respond to people that should stay behind bars but there's a broken system what do we do yeah i don't know uh if i figured out will you guys like me <laughs> as president of the united states just kidding i never want to have a political as catholics Ooh. yeah so the biggest thing i think and this is something for a lot of us is kind of out of our power is those who have power have to use it properly correct so the issue is the people who have the power to put these people behind bars aren't doing it, whether it's because they're corrupt or they just don't know better or even sometimes other laws get in the way and it's all about semantics and, and stuff like that. But I would say the big thing comes down to the whole Spider-Man line, right? With great power comes great responsibility. You got to use that properly. And for those of us who don't have that kind of power, in in the U.S. at least, we elect people, right? Yeah. And so using the power of our vote, using the power of our voice properly, I would say especially in our modern age, the power of the voice is more powerful than ever before. And so we have a choice and we have a responsibility on, on how we use that because we can use the things that we say to cause a lot of damage. For example, this is something really seemingly pretty small, but I had a parent contact me today who she went to uh, mass this morning with her kids and received ashes. And when the kids went to school, 
they were bullied all day long. Mm-hmm. And these are kids in my program. Yeah. The power of that voice, just a few comments, literally ruined my teen's day and possibly her, her view of our faith right. just from those few comments. But on the other side, we have the power to say something positive and good, which can change for the opposite direction. So, yeah, just using the power of your voice and the power of your vote, I think, are the biggest things I can think of. Um, If you have any other ideas, please let us know, because I'm being put on the spot trying to think of how to solve the political crisis. (laughs) Anything else? That's kind of a few kind of like tidbits I had. Yeah, I I think those are good. The biggest thing that we haven't talked about that I kind of thought of as you were talking is the end scene with the media. Oh yeah. Uh, especially the, the interview yeah. stuff. I mean, we see that now people go out and they, they want to go out the streets and ask, what is your opinion on yeah. blank? Right. One, one of the responses from like two or three of the people is like, you know, you're making this worse, right? Like by doing what you're doing right now, you're making them either look like saints or you're just, like making that term around and you're like, you're just poking the fire. Like, yeah. stop. Well, and the media does that, but we do that too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much like just blowing up things. We're talking about it way too, too much or giving credit to something that doesn't deserve our attention. I think that's a big thing, especially coming into Lent now. We give so much power to things that should not have power over us. I think it's important that the media covers things that are happening in the world like we should be informed but at the same time we don't want to make ourselves obsess over it yeah and that's where the 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 bad comes in and we do the same thing we gossip we talk about things that really shouldn't give us we shouldn't give our attention to and then the other thing from those interviews that i noticed is everyone was kind of separating othering i guess uh, creating an us and them kind of mentality and yeah, it, it's really div- divisive and dangerous. Yeah. And we see that a ton in those street interviews t- today. The whole Republicans go out and interview people and see what they think about Democratic stuff or Democrats, right. Republicans, yeah. or the, the separation. Uh, yeah, or yeah. going out and whites, blacks, uh, whatever. Like it, it's all just a- about separation. Everyone's just trying to. to I don't know. The, the ones that I'm thinking of right now are the ones where, where they go out and someone will interview people from the opposite party saying, oh, here's one. So I saw one once where people went out and said, uh, what do you think of Hillary Clinton? This was during the election. And they would say different stuff that Trump had said, but they would say it was Hillary. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm so for that and everything. And then they say, well, actually, this was Donald Trump that said all these things. And so these people were humiliated and like this, this separation and stuff. And I mean, we should definitely call people out if they're being blatantly illogical. Right. Uh, but there's a healthy way to do that. Yeah. I think that's not trying to humi- humiliate people on the internet and stuff and like that. So even if it's hard, like, cause I know it's you know, the topic of us and them or us or them. Like, sometimes you're like, well, I want it to just be us, but they don't see it that way. Uh, one of my favorite songs by Gungor, which I think is called Us, Us and Them, or I think it's Us and Them. The line is, if it's not us and them, then it's us for them. Mm. 
And I think something like that, like just holding on to that idea, is like if, if you can't make it just necessarily us yet, then you live for them too. You pray for them. You breathe for them. Like you, you try you, and understand them, yeah. which is hard. Yeah. It's so stinking hard. Yeah. Uh, we, we're kind of having that conversation today about uh, Christian suffering. And we're lucky in the U.S. We really are. No matter how much we talk about, oh, this is the worst time to be living as Catholics in the U.S. No, it's not. It's, it's really not. But it can be challenging. And it's not supposed to be easy to be Christian. We, we're supposed to be suffering. We're supposed to be living our lives differently. Totally. You know? So that's all I got. Okay. Well, then for a challenge, I, one of the easiest responses, I think, to just evil or anything is prayer. Mm. St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about putting on your armor, you know, taking up yeah. arms. and Put on the armor of The God. armor of God. Yes. And, uh, you know, that in your own room or right now after you listen to this podcast can be praying and prayer. And so in light of the Feast of St. Patrick and this podcast, I don't want to add anything on to any plate you might already be having because of Lent. Lent, yeah. But, you know, to fight evil, especially in the season of Lent where we're getting rid of our own small evils that have distracted us or kept us away from God to focus more on almsgiving and prayer. I challenge you either all this week or just once this week to sit down and pray this prayer, which is the breastplate of St. Patrick. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I actually have it here. I won't read through the whole thing, but I'll read through the the last uh, lines, which is a short version, but you should check out the whole thing because it is so good. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. I arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through the belief in the threeness, through the confession of of the oneness of the creator of creation. I think that actually kind of ties in with the not giving attention to things that don't deserve our attention. Yeah. Because when we stop giving those things attention, we start giving attention to what matters and we start recognizing Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ above me. Christ everywhere. Yes. And that whole prayer is just like, it's really a great morning prayer. If you if you're struggling to like praying right off the bat, yeah. just like carry that around and as soon as you remember, just say it. It's all about I rise today because of this. Mm-hmm. I rise today for God. I rise today for His protection, His Thanksgiving, and it just it's really empowering. Even if you don't do the whole prayer yeah. every day, just do that part. Uh, that's actually the most yeah. Popular I, just, part. I rise today for you, Lord. Yeah. Just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Any shoutouts? Uh, we have Benedictine missionaries are staying with us oh, yeah. this week. That's right. Um, I suck at all their names. There's like Bobby. Uh, I don't know. Well, there's Bobby. There's Bobby. And the rest of you. And the rest. Bobby the and worst. the rest. Bobby and the, Bobby and the gang. Uh, but it's, it's a new I know they don't listen to the podcast, but I told them about it so that they might eventually. But shout out to them just because they're in a house and they're making it crowded. And it's it's not bad. Yeah. Cool. Shout out to you guys. Uh, I don't have any shout-outs 
There's we've, we've had two new listeners, and I wish I remembered. One's one's a priest. I forgot his name. Father something. Yeah, we don't have our notes in front of us because we're outside and we're it's outside, freezing. Yeah, and I know there was not freezing. Listen to like, like start following us like last twenty four hours. Yeah, but yeah, we'll, I will shout you out. We'll shout you guys next week. Thank you so much. We're blanking, but yeah, I gave my shout out at the beginning. So Catherine, who recommended the French song, so that's all I got. With that, guys, please, 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 if you enjoy what we're doing, please help us get better at this, get better equipment and stuff like that by supporting us on Patreon. So you can check us out at Patreon backslash the christian culture you can also find that in the notes section below and on our website our website is the christianculture.com follow us on social media facebook twitter which is at on the adventure and yeah we want to hear from you guys hopefully you guys are doing well curtis seedle oh yeah curtis seedle father seedle maybe i don't know he looks like it maybe a seminarian could be seminarian but curtis seedle and then monica hollingshed yeah there we go you just followed us a day ago and you've already liked like a four of our things yeah you guys so, are awesome you've been crushing you so much crushing through the episodes so thanks guys but yeah as always thanks for joining us on the adventure go start your own talking about sometimes but we do it anyways so i mean our 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 equipment's not perfect and neither are we (laughs) but we can change one of those things with your help on patreon